Hi, welcome back to season four of Qbytes, your bite-sized pieces of quantum computing. My name is Rene from Valorum Reply, and today we're going to talk about Microsoft Quantum Kedas and updates from Azure Quantum. And for this, I'm very honored to have a special expert guest today, Vincent van Wingerden. Hi, Vincent, and welcome to the show. How are you today? Hi, nice to meet you. Yeah, I'm doing great. It's a, it's a lovely day here in Amsterdam. So pretty excited to talk about the quantum cutters today. Awesome, awesome. Um, first of all, maybe tell us a little bit about yourself and your background as it relates to computer science, quantum computing and related things. Sure. Yeah, so I work at Microsoft, in Microsoft the Netherlands, actually. I do not have an education background in quantum computing nor computer science. Actually, I studied economics, but I started working at Microsoft roughly five years ago. And since, uh, I would say, three years, I'm into quantum computing. I've been working a lot on this field. I've been working on an open source project, which we will be talking about a lot today, called the Quantum uh, Cardos. So, yes, uh, since the past two years, I've been really active in this field, helping both customers and partners as well. Uh, yeah, getting up to speed with quantum and see how quantum can add value to their business. Awesome. But also, I love I love the experience and your diverse background, actually, because, you know, it's like we, we don't just need like, you know, computer scientists. We also don't just need like, you know, physicists that have a PhD in physics and quantum physics. Right. We need a diverse roles and people that, you know, in, the, in our field as well of quantum computing. So that's that's awesome. I, I'm I'm glad you shared that. But yeah, let's dive there... into Maybe I can I can say one thing about that because there was a, a podcast uh, a while back, not not that long ago, and there uh, actually they talked of this concept called a, a quantum translator, which is a person who sits between the PhD student and the quantum person and and the business who actually is able to translate. So I try to see myself a little bit as that. I think it's an awesome term, so I copied it. So it's not mine, uh, but I really think it's an awesome term to uh, really uh, explain what I do. Awesome. That's that's lovely, like quantum translator, right? So that's uh, you're right in the right show, then, of course. <laughs> um, so let me ask you the first question I had in mind. And so first of all, since you work at Microsoft, um, folks already probably have seen some previous episodes of Qbytes here where I already talk with your fellow Microsoft colleagues like Fabrice Franchon, Kitty, Anita, Bettina, Chris. And we also had MVP, uh, Dr. Sarah Kaiser, and where we talked all about Azure Quantum, QDK, QShop, even QIR, and all the other goodies. And so can you share us any news from the Azure Quantum and QShop world that happened since the last time we talked in August with Anita? Yeah, sure. So there's two things, I think. Uh, so first, I start off the QIO. So if you talked to Anita last time, you probably talked about QIO, which stands for Quantum Inspired Optimization, which allows you to basically take a large optimization problem, put it into Azure Quantum, and then we'll try to optimize it. And that can be, for example, for very large financial portfolios, or that can be for logistical problems. And one of the things which is pretty awesome is something called a squared linear combination term. So SLC terms. So if you Google this, you will get way more information, but basically it allows you to write uh, way shorter, way more efficient cubos and pubos. So this is really cool for people who are deep into uh, the QIO part. Also more async await stuff inside of the Python SDK, which can also be very helpful, especially if you're, for example, trying to tune some parameters and try to do multiple optimization on the same problem. 
So that's one, that's the QIO part. And there, there's another extremely nice new thing in Azure Quantum for the physical quantum hardware, which is the fact that you can now run both Qiskit as well as circ components inside of Azure Quantum. So all the circuits you have already built with Qiskit or with circ, you can now execute also on Azure Quantum hardware. So that's really awesome. Awesome. Loving this kind of open and cross-platform collaboration, right? And not just sticking to the kind of, okay, we develop QShop, we develop QDK, you got to use that. No, it's all about openness and, you know, bringing in what people are using, basically. So that's amazing. Love this, love this whole mindset, if you will. Yeah, I agree fully. And I really think it's in the spirit of Microsoft, the new Microsoft being open source, being really the enabler, being the platform where developers can execute their code. Perfect. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about one of your, well, let's say babies or one of your <laughs> focus topics, the quantum catas, right? The quantum catas. Uh, but first of all, can you explain what that is? What is a kata? What, is, what specifically is a quantum kata or the quantum katas, actually? Yeah. So uh, thank you. So basically what we're trying to create is an un online learning environment where people can learn uh, quantum computing concepts and can learn their first algorithms, but also more advanced algorithms. So the katas are basically very small, bite-sized maybe, even uh, programming exercises. So it starts with the basics, which is in Python, which is mathematics, right? M multiplying matrices, understanding linear algebra, and that starts in Python. And then we start, come to the actual concepts of quantum computing. So what is a qubit? What are multiple qubits? And then using programming exercises in Q-sharp, we will ask the participants to do some operations. For example, apply an X gate on a qubit and what effect that will have. And then slowly using these uh, exercises, ramp up to more complex algorithms. And those algorithms can be very diverse. For example, you can do uh, a quantum key distribution algorithm, or you can run, uh, for example, the, some search algorithms. So what we do is we give these algorithms in Jupyter Notebooks. So these can be just run online. So if you go, if you go and search for the quantum katas, you will see GitHub page. And there you will have a nice intro, a nice overview section. So get started, do the math. And in every single project, there's a link to a host, a Jupyter Notebook, where you can actually execute all these little programming exercises. So you can do everything from within your browser. The only negative thing in doing it in your browser is that it doesn't store your, uh, store your results locally. So you can also download it and run it locally, and then you have all your progress locally. So that can be nice. But otherwise, if you want, you do not need anything more than a browser to actually start playing around with Q-sharp, start playing around with quantum computing. And I really uh, would say, go and give it a try. If you don't know how to start with Q-sharp, this is basically the most ideal place. You just open up a web browser and get going inside of a Jupyter Notebook. That's awesome. Yeah, I love the, the ease of access that Jupyter Notebooks provides. and. Uh... Love seeing it all over the place, being more and more adopted. Uh, last time we also talked about that, you know, I think this year it happened, right? That Azure Quantum enabled at Jupyter Notebooks. 
Yeah, so inside of Azure Quantum, you can now also write your circuits and your whole programs inside of a Jupyter Notebook, which are hosted inside of the Azure Quantum environment. So that is that is really making it really easy uh, for people to write and have all their all their circuits in a single place. Um, and this is and but then you actually have to get an Azure Quantum account, and here you don't need to do that. So we're using a third-party service which hosts all the Jupyter Notebooks. So if you just go into the Quantum Colas, there's a link and there's no sign up, nothing. You can just go in and start coding QSharp right away and start your learning awesome. process. Awesome. So you could even, like I'm, I'm showing my age here, so you could <laughs> even go to an internet cafe and, and work on the Quantum Colas kind of. <laughs> yeah. Go go to your favorite uh, coffee place and work on some Colas problems. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, there were internet uh, cafes back then, right? Which had, you know, hardware installed. You would oh, go yeah. there and then you could, uh, uh, you know, enter the internet because like only a few people had internet at the home. It was many, like, it was a few decades ago, I would say. Maybe it was 20. a little bit before my time, to be honest. Maybe. I think <laughs> so. Like, that's why I said I'm showing my age here a little bit. But also, Vincent, um, I think you already mentioned a little bit how folks can get started, but maybe you want to repeat it. And by the way, we will include... Uh, the links to the uh, to the GitHub project also in our uh, show notes and transcript, right? Yeah. Um, so, so how can people get started? Getting started is cannot be easier. So you go to the link uh, or you Google it, and the link is github.com slash Microsoft slash quantum dash katas. So the quantum katas, and there is an, a, a readme file. And there you have an overview of all the different steps you can take. So step one is getting started with some math problems. If you click that, a Jupyter notebook will open. And unfortunately, in GitHub, that is still read only. So if you scroll down, there's a there's an, uh, link to a hosted Jupyter notebook where you can freely actually execute all these programs. And from there, at the end of each notebook, you have a link to your next notebook. You have a link to your next programming exercises, or you go back into the main project where you will have a nice overview of all the chapters. And from there, you can again, for example, if you already done uh, your first qubit, maybe you want to try and uh, do something with two qubits or measure some qubits. And then you can go straight into there and straight, uh, straight into a Jupyter notebook, which you can edit right away. So go to the link that is in the, in the description. And then from there, uh, just follow along, follow the flow, and then get into your first uh, notebook. All right. Sounds, sounds amazing. Um, so folks, try it out, of course. And uh, I'm sure you also um, are tracking feedback and so on. Is it just via GitHub, like a uh, kind of issue tracker, or how do you track feedback? Yeah, that's the best way to do it. Um, we're quite an active, we're actually a very active project. So if you have an issue, if you have, also if you have a question basically, so maybe you are doing an exercise and you don't know the answer, just uh, start opening a, a, a ticket and then uh, we'll try to help you out from there. Awesome. Well, we're already at the end of the show. Um, thank you so much, Winston, for joining us today and sharing your insights. That was very much appreciated. Sure, you're very welcome and have a great day. All right. And thanks, everyone, for joining us for yet another episode of Qubytes, your bite-sized pieces of quantum computing. Uh, watch our blog, follow our social media channels to hear all about the next episodes of Season 4. And, of course, visit our website at valormreply.com to watch all the episodes from Season 1 to 4 
Uh, if you miss some of, for example, some of the Azure Quantum seasons, you can always, uh, Azure Quantum episodes, you can always go back and watch them there. And so far, take care and see you soon. Bye-bye.